1: Welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. Today is a big day. Today's a big day for all conservatives, anyone who believes um, that abortion is a, is a mortal sin, is a, it's an inherent evil, because the Supreme Court is hearing a new case today. They're hearing a new case, Dobbs v. Jackson, Women's Health Organization. This is a case challenging the constitutionality of Mississippi's law banning abortion after 15 weeks of pregnancy. Big deal. Mississippi passed a law banning abortion after 15 weeks of pregnancy. And obviously the left is freaking out about this because this is going to change if 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 they can over, if this law stays on the books. It would open the door for more states to restrict abortion to make sure that the killing of innocent unborn life is not just allowed nationwide. Mr. Producer Joe is saying that he is um, ready to go, so let's see if we can bring him on for this. So we're going to go through a lot of the different Arguments being made in the case. It's a complex case. Usually in cases like this, you see one or two arguments. But in this case, first of all, there are 140 different amicus briefs. That's insane. You never get 140 amicus briefs. Those are friend of the court briefs where other organizations will write what they think about the case to try and persuade the court to go one way or another. Um, 140 is a lot. So that's, that's more than anyone could possibly read. I haven't even read all of them. I've, I've tried to skim through. I mean, they start sounding the same after a while. But I want to go through the argumentation because what makes this case really unique is the defense of it is really pulling all of these different legal principles together to try and mount as good of a defense as possible. Whereas the left, they're freaking out because, well, obviously, this could... uh completely topple their entire so-called right to abortion. Um, so, Mr. Producer, do we have Joe? I need 30 seconds. need 30 seconds. Okay. Um, so why don't, we, why don't we first just talk about Roe versus Wade. Roe versus Wade, we all know Roe versus Wade. It's one of the worst Supreme Court decisions ever to come down in the United States. Roe versus Wade found, they read into the 14th Amendment that uh, you had a right to you had a right to abortion, that you had the right to get an abortion due to the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment, that you have the right to privacy, and the government doesn't have the right to intervene in your private medical decisions. Strange how that principle has gone away with the pandemic, just like the left no longer defends unions or the rights of collective bargaining. They now support businesses just changing the terms of employment willy-nilly so roe versus wade roe versus wade was obviously the big case legalized abortion the key here though is it is it legalized abortion pre-viability as we get into all of these different arguments of this case we're going to see that one of the one of the arguments that is being made is that the, the entire definition of viability when a baby is a baby change you can't just take 1970s science and apply it indefinitely if you're going to use a scientific basis you're going to use a scientific basis to Create this right to abortion. You have to com- you have to change it as the science changes, because remember, Fauci says that science changes all the time. So I don't want to go too much into Roe v. Wade. Joe, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks Didn't a lot. Didn't know if you were going to be on today. I was going to be uh, on. Glad today. to have you. I
0: couldn't be on last night. I was speaking in Windsor, Colorado, to a group of eight hundred people. It was great. A bunch of people just looking to stand up, and and uh, it was it was quite the you know David. Uh, um. Clements was there. It was, it was a good night. It was a really good night.
1: Yeah, well, we got lots lots going on in the country. And the reason we want to talk about this is this is in the news today, the pro-life Supreme Court case, uh, the Dobbs case. Joe, what do you, what do you think about this? Do, do you think that the Supreme Court, obviously it's more conservative now than it was before. Do you think the Supreme Court stands a good chance of overturning Roe versus Wade, or crafting an exception?
0: Well, I think they're going to craft an exception. I think that, that right now, abortions have become almost like candy. And the, the radical left has used it to destroy minority communities for a long time. And so I think it's time that there's some parameters put on it of accountability. Now, I think what you're going to have happen is that the Supreme Court's going to craft some carve-outs to make sure that you can't um, you know, make it a, a convenience, because it should never be a convenience. You're taking the life of a baby um but i don't think they're going to go as far as to uh to uh abolish abortion i don't think that's going to be the case and and you know i wish they would i wish they would but as the far radical left goes all the way to the the very tips of it and says that even if a baby is nine months old and it comes out of the womb you can kill the baby right when it comes out um that that just is a a perversion of of everything that That has happened. It's actually an example of the perversion. That's everything that's happening in our community. So, so I I don't think they're going to go that far, but I do think they're going to make it a little bit more difficult for abortions to occur um, on a whim.
1: So after Roe versus Wade, the other big case that, that set abortion law in the country, um, was Planned Parenthood V Casey. Yeah, that's a case that came down in 1992 and, and that case basically created the legal basis for how the Supreme Court, how other courts can strike down abortion restrictions by creating a new standard that they call the Undue Burden Standard. So it's not just you have to violate someone's right. They say that you violate the right to abortion if you pass a law that creates an undue burden to make it harder for people to get abortions. So this case challenged five provisions within Pennsylvania's law at the time. Informed consent that the woman had to give their informed consent before getting the procedure. (laughs) Again. (laughs) kind of crazy talking about this now because the left wants nothing to do with informed consent spousal notice that if a woman is getting an abortion she has a spouse she has to let the spouse know parental consent if a minor is going to have an abortion they have to let their parents know and the parents have to consent they defined a medical emergency that that you had to have a, a, a real medical emergency to immediately terminate a pregnancy and then they had reporting requirements in place and the supreme court struck all five of those down By saying that they all created an undue burden. That if a minor child wanted to have an abortion, getting their consent from their parents was unconstitutional. That if a wife wanted to abort a baby, having to at least notify the husband, not get his consent, but at least notify the husband, created an undue burden. It it really is a, a very radical ruling. But it has informed the way that the United States has handled abortion cases since then. And what's crazy is this new case, this new Dobbs case, challenges both. It challenges the, the right of the Supreme Court in Planned Parenthood v. Casey to create this new undue burden standard, and it challenges the viability framework within Roe v. Wade. So this is a this is a, an attempt to take down both. And I agree with you that I don't think that they will completely gut Roe v. Wade or completely gut Planned Parenthood v. Casey, but if you get rid of the undue burden standard, then Planned Parenthood and Casey might as well go away. And if you change viability, then Roe v. Wade might be fatally um, destroyed. It'll still be in place, but it, the, the main principle holding it up would be destroyed.
0: Well, I got to tell you, the radical left, the, the, the radical left wants wants absolutes. They want to create absolute chaos, absolute fires. So the Supreme Court was not going to look at, and I'll just go back to the election of 2020 that was stolen. And not one court across the United States looked at the evidence. They dismissed the case based on technicalities or standing. And the Supreme Court fell into that same, that, that same realm, right? Not wanting to look at the evidence, not wanting anyone to see the evidence. And I think the same thing is going to happen in this case where they're going to bend to the will of the, the chaos that gets created by the radical left, these terrorists on the left. So uh, John Roberts is not a friend of the court. He's a friend of the of the United States. He's not. He's, he's not. He, you know, he, he is probably, I think, more, um, uh, I would say, a uh, traitor to this nation than probably any of the others, because he's the one that stood up and said on November 3rd that, oh, you know, they'll riot in the streets and they'll burn things down. We're not going to hear this case. But even even if he is a little bit conservative, even even if even if he is maybe a conservative, we're not going to see any better answers come out of come out of the uh, the Supreme Court for Roe versus Wade, in my opinion. I think that again they'll they'll put some some loosely um, trying to, to appease both sides because that's what weak wishy-washy people do, and they'll put some restraints on one side while caving into the radical left on the other.
1: I think that's well. What's this is happen. where it, this is where it gets complicated because if you get rid of the undue burden standard, what do you replace it with, right? Yeah. I agree. They're probably going to try and carve something out. But if they have this standard in place to say, if you create an undue burden on someone's right to have an abortion, then that law is unconstitutional. What is a lower standard? I mean, that's already pretty low as it is. It's not blocking them from getting abortion. It's just it's just a a minor inconvenience of, oh, I have to notify my spouse before or I have to give informed consent. I mean, the undue burden standard is so low. I don't know what they could, what they could call a lower standard. Like when you're talking about a a case that was dealing with, as I said, whether a woman can be forced to tell her husband that she wants to have an abortion, not to get his permission, but at least just notify him that his child's about to be killed when that is struck down, right? When the very, the very, the law in Pennsylvania said you have to have informed consent. You have to tell the woman what's going to happen, explain the side effects, Explain how it's gonna work and she has to say yes I want to do this anyway when that is considered a violation of her rights I mean, I don't know how much lower it can get which is what which is what scares me right because the the standard is so evidentiarily low That I don't think they can craft a lower standard Which makes me nervous because it, it makes me think that they might keep it in place to try and split the baby
0: I can already tell you that there's another, there's a, there's a third alternative we haven't talked about, and that is sending it down to the lower court by basically saying that it needs more clarity, pushing the clock back. That could also happen. They could, they could kick, kick the can down the road and, and basically say, based on this, they will rule only on the merits of the 1% of the case and the other 99% of the case um, will stand. And, and they've done that before. They did that in the oil and gas um, uh, rulings back in the uh, early 2000s. And, and frankly, I don't think we're at a place right now. I don't think we're at the place right now, given the volatility that we have in the country, that, that they're going to be willing to take any sort of chances that might inflame or enrage or create more division. I, and I could be wrong. The other side is is that this is all planned. And that they they really want this to become a civil war, which I you know, I think it's inevitable anyway. I think we're at that place right now. It's just it's inevitable. We're gonna have the communist pieces of trash on one side and the Americans on the other side. And the Americans are waking up to the fact that, that frankly that there's there's not a whole lot of them. They just have a bullhorn and a bunch of money that they're spending in order to indoctrinate and and uh, destroy our children and, and our country. But that's my opinion. I bet you I'll be yeah, right yeah. there. So
1: the the challenge of, uh, it could happen. The challenge in throwing the case back down is one of the main parts of this challenge to Roe versus Wade and Planned Parenthood v. Casey is is basically going up against the whole idea of stare decisis. Stare decisis is the Latin term literally translated means to stand by that which has been decided. Uh, So when you're looking at Supreme Court precedent, we're in a weird position where Mississippi, the lower courts have upheld this abortion law. So for the Supreme Court to throw it back down to a lower court to decide whether Supreme Court precedent should stand or not, this is something that they have to, just like the Supreme Court has to handle gun, gun legislation, right? You can't have a situation where different states, obviously each circuit court only handles a certain number of states. We just saw yesterday where a, uh, a court in Tennessee, a federal judge in Tennessee, ruled that Biden's vaccine mandate for federal contractors was unconstitutional. But he didn't issue a nationwide injunction. So it only applies to three states. Right. <clears throat> to throw it back down to Mississippi, you'd if they end up deciding. Why, why does do it only apply to fine, three
0: states? Why did he not issue a. He didn't do
1: a nationwide injunction. So why? federal contractors. To ask why? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Why? And wh- why is it that, that rules are, are unequally applied across our nation? And then some people are subject to the ability to get killed by taking a vaccine and some aren't. I mean, think about it. It's, it's almost as if they're just creating a mass case study across the entire United States. Yeah,
1: I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it when during the Trump years, you had that judge in Hawaii who ruled on everything, even if Hawaii had nothing to do with it. He would create these nationwide injunctions and just throw his rulings around and say oh yeah no you're not allowed to discriminate against muslims in new york new york's airport and i'm making that declaration from hawaii <laughs> i mean it was it was yeah. crazy This podcast is sponsored by AirMedCare Network, the premier insurance plan to cover you and your household should any of you suffer a medical emergency and need to be airlifted to a hospital. We don't get to choose when a disaster strikes. You don't get to choose how you get taken to the hospital. Anyone who has been taken to a hospital or has a loved one who's gone to a hospital by ambulance, you know it's very expensive and you know insurance won't usually cover it. Well, when you have to be airlifted by a helicopter, it's much more expensive. And yeah, insurance won't cover that either. AirMedCare Network exists to make sure you don't risk bankruptcy. In the event that someone in your house has to be airlifted to a hospital for medical treatment. So when you sign up at the link in our description, airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily, not only are they going to give you coverage for your entire household for one year for $85, but they're also going to give you money back up to 50 bucks, depending on how many years you sign up for. So again, that's airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily to get up to $50 back conservative judges have been less willing to to use that tool in the toolbox um for fear of judicial overreach i I, I think it's it's a cowardly way to go about it for sure um but that's been a fear so the the challenge with mississippi is if you have lower courts that have already signaled that they're going to overturn supreme court precedent you have to have the supreme court weigh in you can't just have district judges saying i know more than the supreme court i'm gonna decide it," and have the supreme court say okay we don't want to touch this you just decide it right because they're going up against the very concept of stare decisis, yeah. that precedent matters and that you have to be bound by precedent. If they send it down to Mississippi, you get in the weird situation where that that signals to district courts that they can just overturn Supreme Court precedent willy-nilly whenever they want, <clears throat> which brings First Amendment cases up, right? Second Amendment cases up. Well, can't just have that anarchy, which is why this is really interesting of what the Supreme Court's going to do.
0: So, so, so if they here, kick the he, can
1: down the road. It's gonna have he, huge consequences. I,
0: I had a meeting yesterday with a with a group that is looking to sue on behalf of the American people, uh, Twitter and Facebook and all of these other platforms that aren't regulating hate speech. They're not regulating um, any sort of anything other than uh, political ideology. And so, suing the these guys to basically make them liable and, and to be able to come forward and say, "Look, you're 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 not a platform for for free speech." right? You're, you're a propaganda machine. So they, they want to actually sue all these guys for that, you know, getting back to the First Amendment. So I think that there'll be an opportunity over the next couple of years that we clear out this kind of infringement um, of, of these rights. And when we, when we talk about abortion as a whole, I'm, I'm pro-life. I'm 100% pro-life. I will always be pro-life. Um, but there is a va- there's, a, there's a large group of people that want to see some regulation in this country around how abortion is used. I mean, there's plenty of contraceptives that are out there, so you know, having abortion being a bigger problem today than it was 20 years ago to me just seems nonsensical. But it is, and it's a booming business for for things like Planned Parenthood, and it it disproportionately affects minority families over non-minority families, right? So as we as we look at all the pieces as they put together related to um, to, to, to this argument, we, we have a frailty right now to our Constitution, Max. We have a frailty to it because there's so many different attacks coming from so many different angles that I'm just, I'm just afraid the Supreme Court, they're, they're not gonna leave it as status quo they won't because that will create, I think, and this is just my, again, my opinion, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm just foretelling things, but I'm looking at the math of everything. They're not gonna leave it as it is. They're gonna wanna appease one side or the other and say, you know, it's a win-win, lose-lose situation. And they're gonna do it based on politics, not based on um, the veracity of law or what we should do morally or ethically in our society. Again, that's just my opinion, but I think yeah. I'm right. And by the way, we're off Facebook today, right?
1: Yes, we are All off right. Facebook. And I believe have we're, we're instead of broadcasting on Facebook, we're just gonna post the daily rumble link to Facebook so that people who show up can still find us but watch us elsewhere. Yeah. The reason we're off Facebook is because Facebook was deliberately throttling us. It used to be that only 100 people could watch us any day. Lately, it's been they've been capping it at 50, where they won't allow yeah. more than 50 people to watch. And if extra people jump on, it just freezes for them. They're also deleting people's comments that weren't mean, that weren't hateful. Oh,
0: you should see that we, we put that in the lawsuit. They were actually people would say, oh, I agree with you. And they would consider it hate speech. They were deliberately attacking it. And we're going after Facebook for monetary damages. And I think that they're capping it to like 50 million or 100 million dollars or something. Based on the number of people that we have on there that follow us, so uh, Facebook, I just want you to know you're trash. I am coming after you, and frankly, you know we're you know you, you could say whatever you want, do whatever you want, and you think that you have you know a, a team of lawyers. We don't care about any of that. We could care less about any of that. We care about the fact that you literally stand as a proxy for the radical left terrorist, and frankly, someone needs to take you down. So I don't know if I'll be the one to take you down, but it'll at least be the first you know feather in the cap. So uh, and I want to I want to serve Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg personally. Uh, I want him personally served. We'll see how that works out.
1: Yeah, no, well, there's definitely, we should we should also look at creating a class because not only will that help with legal fees, but there's lots of other organizations that are in the same boat as us. Yeah, and, well, the, uh, I mean, they,
0: they, they get to dictate what is, what is truth and they lie and they're nothing but a bunch of scumbag liars and we tell the truth and they don't like it. And so they don't want the truth to get out there to the American people. They don't want it. Right.
1: Yeah. There, there have also been fact checks against us that have been defamatory because they've claimed that we were lying when we weren't. Never they lied. They basically applied fact checks to us that didn't even make sense, weren't even what we were talking about. Yep. Right. So when you when you post something on our page and you declare that we are lying to people, that we are not telling factually accurate information. And that is not true. That is an example of defamation of slander, depending on how it's delivered. So there's lots of other parts of this. Um, so yeah, if we can, we should definitely make it a class, which is why I'm so interested about this Supreme Court case. Because <sighs> let's go to my screen, Mr. Producer. This this is a we're not going to read the whole thing, but this is from the American College of Pedi- Pediatricians and the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons. It's an amicus brief. So this brief basically says the science is bogus that if you take i'm just going to scroll down to the summary if you take the 1970s science and apply it to apply it to through roe versus wade you have to eventually come back to it when the science changes because listen today it, it has never been safer for a child to be born premature in an american hospital today than it is safer than ever before right the last time i looked i think 21 weeks gestation 20 weeks and a few days was the youngest baby ever to survive and to grow and to to grow through childhood and into adulthood. 21 weeks, right? If you look at just Roe versus Wade, they set that much higher at 24, 25 and up. So as science advances, as medical technology advances, we have the ability to keep unborn babies or premature babies alive earlier in the gestational process. And I, this, I want to read a little bit of this precedent because it shows just how ridiculous to, it is to hold on to 1970 science. And again, this is from the American College of Pediatricians and the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons. They say, when Roe versus Wade was decided in 1973, scientific knowledge of fetal development was extremely limited. The evidence before this court was even more limited. Neither Roe nor its companion case, Doe v. Bolton had any record evidence about the medical and scientific status of the unborn child. This lack of factual evidence led the court to rely on shaky reports from the communist countries (laughs) without verifiable data. Because the court believed that there was no better evidence at this point in the development of man's knowledge, and that's a quote, it settled on viability when the unborn child is potentially able to live outside the mother's wounds as a governing rule. The court in Planned Parenthood of southeastern Pennsylvania v. Casey adhered to that rule, finding no change in Roe's factual underpinning. What we know today as uncontroverted scientific fact is that the child developed much more quickly than the court in Roe presumed. The court was told that in early pregnancy, embryonic development has scarcely begun. That's what the Supreme Court was told in Roe versus Wade, right? But that is wrong. From conception, the unborn child is a unique human being who rapidly develops the functions and form of a child long before viability. And what I love about this one is they actually include the pictures. Pictures. They don't send it along as exhibit. They actually include ultrasounds. And you look here on the left, I'll make it bigger so people can watch. This is the the difference between an ultrasound from 1973 and an ultrasound today, a 3D ultrasound. So in 1973, the Supreme Court got an ultrasound that looked like that and said, look, this isn't a human being. It's not, it's not viable at this point in the pregnancy. It's not a human being. This isn't murder to kill that, that baby. It's just a clump of cells and the Supreme court absent any other evidence ruled on it. Look at the picture on the right. That is a modern 3d ultrasound. You can clearly see 15
0: weeks old at 15, 15 week baby, which is a baby. I mean, it literally is a baby.
1: So this is why I love (sighs) this, this particular uh, amicus brief. And I'm, I'm a nerd when it comes to this because they actually include the pictures and they show, they have all the receipts of just how poorly Roe versus Wade was decided. And even if it was decided correctly, you have to take into account the advancements in technology, science, and medicine to correct the record when you are completely wrong. We can go ahead and take down my screen, Mr. Producer. So that's the viability, right? We talked a little bit about starry decisis. Starry decisis is, is basically what has already, going by what has already been decided. And there's a, great, um, there's a great filing, believe it or not, from Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz. And I wanna, I wanna read just a little bit of what they say. They write that a precedent can be unworkable. So just because the court decided doesn't mean you have to live by it. It can be unworkable due to a quote, a history of confusion in the lower courts, an unstable pattern of Supreme Court decisions, and that persistent lack of judicially manageable standards. They say that Planned Parenthood v. Casey Quote, does not represent long settled doctrine, rests on a foundation of flawed judicial reasoning and boasts no traditional reliance interests. And they say that the whole undue burden test is completely unworkable, inconsistent and, and stupid. So literally everyone is, is coming out and fighting against this case. And they're not just going from one bit. You have, you have people writing these amicus briefs on the viability framework, stare decisis precedent on the idea of legislative authority, textualism, originalism. The craziest one was from the Susan B. Anthony's list and 79 women who have served as state legislators around the country. Joe, what, what's really crazy is when you look at how Roe versus Wade was decided, they actually were very sexist. They claimed that because women did not make up a significant amount of the different state legislatures around the country and the governor's mansions, that it was unconstitutional to legislate on women's issues because women could not legislate for themselves.
0: Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah,
1: so the so the court had to step in because it was unfair because women did not have a significant amount of power necessary to craft their own abortion laws. That was one of the legal reasonings at the time behind Roe versus Wade. Susan B. Anthony List, and there and it's co-signed by seventy nine other women. They took them to task on this, and they said, "quote Because of the substantial t- changes." that even a minority of women bring to a legislative body there is no longer a need if there ever was for this court to assume that women cannot adequately protect their own interests through state political processes <laughs> because women can now advance their own policy preferences in legislatures throughout the nation the court can and should give greater deference to state legislators judgment about how to regulate abortion within their state's borders i mean it, it's yeah. it, everything
0: yeah, I, th- I don't. I don't think that. Uh, I think. Well, I mean, I don't.
1: Just everything's you know, wrong. Everything that they decided in 1973
0: was wrong. It, it is wrong. But, 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 Max. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take you back to the current of today, right? So the the standard by which they will apply the law, the abortion law today, they will change the goalposts. They will just move the goalposts, and they will, they will literally. Say that, okay, but based on these this criteria, we still want to keep the uh, you know abortion rights in place. I mean, y- you have to understand that that, that there is a there's a large number of people that uh, okay, we'll use this as an example. You know the the Obamacare ruling, the Supreme Court mm-hmm. said that it's a fee, therefore it's a tax, right? And we could apply taxes. Yeah, that wasn't even in the argument. They, no, they, they changed the argument inside of it and came out with an argument as if they had never even read the briefs, the amicus briefs, or any of the substantive information that was in the court case itself. They bypassed all of that, came out and said, oh, a fee is a tax. So yes, they can do it on the individual mandate. They can do it. And, and everyone, even, even, even uh, legal pundits, were shocked. Like, well, what about all the rest of it? Oh, yeah, but they were mute in those areas. And they're going to do the same thing here. They're not going to address the substance of the case. They're going to move the goalposts and they're going to create some sort of standard, new standard, as if they get to dictate and legislate law. Because that is what the judiciary has done for some time. That's what they did in Pennsylvania. And I I keep coming back to the things that they've done to, you know, warm up the frog to kill us anyway. And you look at the the election uh, laws that happened in Pennsylvania, where basically the court said yeah, oh, yeah, you can have more boxes. They didn't have the authority to say that. That's a legislative decision. You can have more uh, mail-in bo- ballot boxes everywhere. It, it, it's, it's not in their authority. And I think we're going to see the Supreme Court do the same thing in this case, where they rule outside of their, their judiciary responsibility, and they create new goalposts and say, oh, by the way, we're going to just forget everything that was in Roe versus Wade. Here's the new rules, you little peasants. Now get back to work. I think that's yeah. Gonna I be. mean,
1: you, you can never underestimate the the power, the special interests that are behind keeping the status quo. We're in a little bit of a better situation than when uh, when they decided the Affordable Care Act case because there are more conservatives on the bench thanks to Donald Trump being able to uh, put three on the bench. You have Amy Coney, Coney Barrett, Brett Kavanaugh, Neil Gorsuch. Neil Gorsuch Alito, is not
0: a. Neil Gorsuch, Gorsuch is not a is not a. Uh, no. No, he has ruled. He
1: has he has ruled from a pro-life position the entire time he's ever been on the bench, which, again, doesn't mean he's going to do that now. Right. It doesn't mean it's a guarantee. But these are people that went through tremendous vetting from conservatives, from the Trump administration. The only pro-life judges were nominated. So we have Amy Coney Barrett, as I said, Kavanaugh, Gorsuch, Alito and Thomas. You don't even need Roberts if all five of them vote the way that they historically have voted on this issue. If all five of them vote, you don't even need Roberts. So you don't have a situation where you have Roberts stepping in to say, "Oh, well, we'll make it a tax," or 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 to have uh, Kennedy step in for the the case with uh, with Heller versus D.C. with guns, saying, "Yes, I'll vote on this side, but only if you do X, Y, and Z." We have the ability. If they vote the way they have historically voted to win this case, now that's an easier said than done. There's there's a lot of disappointment we've seen from those three new justices, um, where they didn't necessarily rule the way we thought they would. But the fact that they even took the case, I mean, we've been trying to get abortion cases before the Supreme Court on this on these very issues for decades, right? And it's always just been after Casey, they've always just been thrown away. Like, nope, not going to talk about it. The fact that it's even come up now strongly suggests we we have a chance we have we have a good chance w- without even needing john roberts without even needing john roberts going to keep talking about this but before i do got to mention that this podcast is sponsored by liberty cigars head over to libertycigars.com and use promo code cd21 charlie delta 21 and when you do that you're going to get a free cigar added on top of all orders over 76 dollars. these aren't just normal cigars first of all they're fantastic but they're also all historically themed so they have the Commander Series, and the Founder Series. They're named after presidents, after founding fathers, after people who helped win the revolution. I think uh, Marquis de Lafayette is in there. Uh, he has his own cigar, which is which is kind of crazy. Um, but So you can get this gift. It's the gift of a good s- smoke, but also a, a history lesson. So if you have anyone in your life who's a history buff, you can see the packaging right here. Packaging is all proudly made in the United States. Make sure you go to LibertyCigars.com and use promo code CD21. To get the maximum discount available—a free cigar added on top of all orders over seventy-six dollars. So, Mr. Producer says we have a clip of a former abortion doctor talking about what the procedure actually entails. Why don't we play that clip, Mr. Producer? Um, let's play that. Uh, so that I five have to.
2: Uh, everyone has to be aware. Uh, this is a little bit graphic in the explanation. Um, he does explain exactly what happens in the procedure, but this is a, uh, a former uh, physician who used to perform abortions. He performed over a 1,000 um, and eventually had a conversion to Christianity uh, after it really hit him what he was doing. Um, he lost his daughter in a car crash uh, when she was a teenager, and it's a, it's a powerful thing to hear. Uh, so I have one where he just describes the procedure and then another one that's about 30 seconds longer that describes his, a little bit more of uh, his story as well.
0: I right, do a, the one with the story. Let's go.
2: The one with the story? Yeah. This is a grasping instrument. When it gets a hold of something, it does not let go.
3: From teaching lawmakers on Capitol Hill to students in college lecture halls.
2: A 12-week baby is the width of your hand, head to rump, not counting the legs.
3: Medical doctor Anthony Levitino teaches others about the reality of abortion. He teaches from firsthand experience.
2: Right along with, in my residency, learning how to do deliveries and hysterectomies and all the stuff that obstetrician gynecologists do, I learned to do abortions.
3: Levitino is a former abortionist who, by his own estimate, committed over 1,200 abortions.
2: Now, if you had asked me at the time what I thought about the abortion issue, I wouldn't have hesitated to tell you I was pro-choice. This was a decision between a woman, her doctor, and nobody, including the baby's father, had anything to say about it.
3: Meanwhile, Levitino was hoping to become a father himself. While doing abortions at his medical practice, at home, he and his wife struggled with infertility.
2: She went to the best infertility expert in town, and after a lot of tests and some very difficult times, we were basically told that it was not expected that we would be able to have a child of our own.
3: Longing for life is what led Levitino to first doubt his work as an abortionist.
2: You know, I would do two, three, four abortions in a morning when it was my turn. And I remember during that time thinking, gosh I'm just throwing these kids in the garbage wouldn't one of these women allow us to take her baby home and care for for our own but of course it doesn't work that way
3: the Levatinos would eventually welcome a child after choosing adoption
2: we were very blessed when in August of 1978 we were able to adopt a little girl that we named Heather
3: the next month the Levatinos conceived a biological child of their own a son they were now parents twice blessed but tragedy would soon rock the family's world.
2: Everything was just dandy until June 23, 1984, when our daughter Heather was killed out in front of our house in an auto, an auto accident. Uh, people who have children might think they have some idea what it's like to lose a child, but if they haven't been through this themselves, they have no idea and I hope they never find out.
3: Carrying the pain that comes with losing a child, Levitino could no longer look at his work with the same eyes.
2: But what do you do after a disaster? You bury your child and try to get back into your life. And I don't know how long after that, my first D and E abortion was scheduled. And I reached in with this heavy clamp called a sofa clamp and tore out an arm or a leg and just stared at it in the clamp and I got sick. But when you start an abortion, you can't stop. You have to keep inventory, you have to make sure you get two arms, two legs and all the pieces because if you don't, your patient's going to come back infected, bleeding or dead. So I finished that abortion and I know it sounds strange to people but for the first time in my life I looked, I really looked at that pile of body parts on the side of the table and I didn't see her wonderful right to choose and I didn't see what a great doctor I was taking care of her problem. And I didn't even see the $800 cash I just made in 15 minutes. All I could see was somebody's son or daughter.
3: He calls that moment the beginning of the end. It's what led him to walk away from abortions and, today, share his unique conversion story with others. He's helping to share other pro-life conversion stories as well, playing the role of an abortionist in the movie Unplanned.
1: It is not. No, it's, it's disgusting, disgusting stuff. And as he mentioned there, he mentioned there that when you do an abortion, you have to take inventory. Obviously, if you are doing a dismemberment abortion, which is disgusting, vile, a dismemberment abortion, you have to keep track of the body parts that you are dismembering. Otherwise, you would leave something behind. It, it could cause an infection. It could cause sepsis. It would be hugely – it could be deadly. right? And, and that is something that Mississippi, in crafting this new law, has taken into account that the later a abortion is performed the more dangerous it is for the woman involved and whether the woman wants to do it or not the state, mississippi claims that the state has the right to limit medical procedures that are exceptionally dangerous to a patient's health just like states ban all kinds of medical procedures all the time and the idea that it was seen as safe and reasonable in the 1970s doesn't mean that we have to just keep that definition. There's tons of things. I mean, go through human, you can go through American history at times when you could buy cocaine from the drugstore, right? When methamphetamine was was a prescription product, right? And and we've recognized, oh, wow, no, actually, that's really dangerous. We can't just hand out cocaine like it's candy, methamphetamine like it's candy. We have to reassess the danger here. And in every other medical field, we're allowed to do that. In every other medical field, we're allowed to say, oh, okay, well, what we did then is really bad idea. It causes... Real risks. Let's reassess and let's do it a different way. Mississippi has has claimed the authority to do that, and there is a bit here from the American Association of Pro-Life um, Gynecologists. If we put up my screen, Mr. Producer, I just want to read a little bit of this. One of these. This is one of the 140 briefs that got filed before the Supreme Court. They say the gestational age. Act should be upheld because it rationally furthers Mississippi's interest in protecting women's health from risks posed by later term abortions, which are now well established in the literature. The state has legitimate interest from the outset of the pregnancy in protecting the health of the woman. Legislative findings supporting such legislation receive deferential review, which is especially wide in cases of medical and scientific uncertainty. In prohibiting most abortions after 15 weeks gestation, the legislature found that, quote, abortion carries significant physical and psychological risks to the maternal patient. That, quote increase with gestational age these risks include complications from dilation and evacuation abortions as well as depression anxiety substance abuse and other emotional or psychological problems after eight weeks gestation these risks escalate exponentially this is this is an argument that has never been brought before the supreme court if the supreme court is making an argument based on 1970s medicine and the literature now shows that the later you perform an abortion, the more risky it is for the woman involved. This is primed for the Supreme Court to review this. Because, yeah, but because I wonder, I wonder, Roe versus Wade was decided so so haphazardly, right, with, with so little foundation. Just because they decided it doesn't mean it can't be overturned. Go ahead, John.
0: Yeah, so I don't, I, again, I don't think that they're going to they're going to just throw throw it out. I don't think that's what they're going to do. But I do think that they are going to... I I truly believe that they are going to uh, split the sheets and try to to do as little as possible to adversely affect the abortion laws. But it's funny you bring up the emotional and mental issues that can be developed by having an abortion because there's a lot of crazy women out there, so maybe that's the case. I was being funny. It wasn't very funny. Yeah.
1: Well, the the other part of all of this is that they're actually... The, the other side of this is that the left is arguing that abortions can be determined to be medically necessary if they would benefit a pregnant woman's mental or psychological health. Basically, right. the left is making this argument that even if you ban um, elective abortions, that they would still be allowed to qualify elective abortions as medically necessary because they'd say, well, this woman isn't ready for a baby. If she gives birth, she's going to kill herself. She's going to kill the baby. Right? She's going to do self-harm. She can't be trusted. She doesn't have the psychological well-being to take care of a baby. And that's the argument that the, that the other side is making, right? So this is this fight over maternal health might seem like it's just a, a shot in the dark. But both sides are, are claiming that abortion is either medically necessary to, ha- to make a healthy woman or the opposite, right? So this is, this is a battlefield we have to be on. And I, I agree with you. I, I think it's going to be hard to get them to throw it all out. The problem is... When you have Roe versus Wade built on such a, a shaky foundation, a 1970s ultrasound picture claiming that it's not a real human, right? How do you reevaluate it without tossing it out, right? When you when you can right now walk someone into the Supreme Court, a full grown adult who was born at 21 weeks, 22 weeks gestation, how can you possibly claim that viability is 26, 27 weeks? That's the point at which an unborn baby can survive outside the womb with or without medical assistance right so they made a concrete claim in the 1970s as that other brief said based on communist country findings that after 26 27 weeks that's how how old a baby needs to get in the womb to be able to survive with or without help that's just not true right so how (laughs) Obviously, there's the tax on gestation uh, viability itself. That the minute a baby is formed in the womb, it's a human being. It's not like it's a different species, right? It's still a Homo sapien human human being. But the other side of it, yeah, you have to take just you have to take the viability argument out of it. You can't have a medically based decision in Roe v. Wade and then refuse to advance it as medicine advances. Which is the other way we we can win this fight. Eventually, science will advance so much that you can. Instead of having an abortion, you can grow a baby outside the womb. The, the baby would be able to take on all of its gestation outside of the womb. That's that's going to happen eventually, right? Whether we want to take that step or not, that's going to be a, a question for, for our ethics and, and morality as we get there, right? But babies can survive younger and younger and younger now. So even if they don't take Planned Parenthood v. Casey, even if they don't take rovers versus weighed down completely if they admit that viability is a sliding scale that gives us all a reason to fight even harder to advance medicine to advance the science so that eventually no baby will ever be aborted because there won't be a need we'll be able to keep the baby alive outside the womb at any point in the gestational process that's that's like the 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 incremental way to win right Obviously, the Hail Mary pass down the field, Joe, You're a football guy, Hail Mary pass down the field, hoping that they overturn Roe versus Wade that we all hope for that. Right. But you also have the ability to run. You also have the ability to run a ground and pound offense, three yards a carry and and you go for it on fourth down and you get a first down every four downs. That's what this incrementalism could give us. Right. So whether or not we take it down today or we take it down 10, 20, 30 years from now. What happens in this case is vitally important and it can open the door for a total okay. victory even if they don't give it to us in this so, one.
0: So, so I, wanna, I wanna point out, I wanna be Captain Obvious for a minute, okay? And, and I hate talking about abortion, I, I really do, because it, it, it hits home in a lot of different ways to me. But <clears throat> let me just give you a little bit of a, let me give you a little bit of my take on, on abortion. In this country, And this is what the radical left are, by the way. They're complete trash. In this country, they'll kill 80 million Americans, most of which are minority, right? In the last, what, 30 years, 40 years? Yeah. 80 million?
1: In in New York City in the last few years, I don't know what it's like in the pandemic, but pre-pandemic years, I think it was 2018, 2017, 2016, more babies of color, to take the leftist term, because that's how they actually report it more um, African-American, Latino babies were, sorry, more African-American babies were aborted than were born.
0: Yeah, okay, so let me me just give you a little bit of, let me give you a, so they want to create a system where they kill Americans while they import people from other countries. So they want to stop people in this country from procreating and they want to fill this country with people from other countries around the globe. So your kids are not worth anything as Americans. I don't know how to tell you that you're a slave. There's no difference in what's happening with them importing slaves than they did back before 1770, before the the Civil War. There's no difference. We're slaves because they literally are killing Americans. They're They're using propaganda to make it look like it's a right while they're importing other people into the country to make up the population gap. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you guys are seeing this. I mean, do you, do you see how I'm seeing it, Max? Like yeah, Like, yeah. like the Americans aren't worth anything. I mean, they, they want to say that they care about black people and Hispanics and Asians and down the line. By the way, Asians stay out of the fray in this country, by the way. They're like racism. What are you talking about? We make more money than everybody. <laughs> 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 But we're, we're, we're seriously at this place. We're seriously at this. I hate it when people actually call me when they know that I'm on the podcast. We're seriously at this place where it's just not sensible. There's no sensibility to it. There's no sensibility to what's happening right now across the United States. None. Open borders, importing people, just abort up to nine months. I mean, it, it's almost as if we're creating this chaos on purpose, even knowing that it doesn't make any sense. But there's no value of life on the American people. They, they see us as slaves. These entitled little pieces of trash at the top see all of us as slaves.
1: Yeah. Well, it's interesting you mentioned that because I knew you were going to mention slavery. So there's actually, believe it or not, Joe, a brief before the Supreme Court for this abortion case about slavery. So if we go ahead, put up my screen, Mr. Producer. This comes to us from the Pacific Justice Institute. And their, their brief, and this is why I love, because every organization is making a different argument, and when and the Supreme Court has to consider all of them. They don't have to necessarily take one argument over the other. But this is a really interesting argument. They claim that abortion violates the 13, 13th Amendment's prohibition on slavery, and here is the relevant portion of it. They, they say basically the left abortion advocates claim that a woman can't carry a child that is a consequence of, of a consensual act in any sense uh, because it would be considered slavery or involuntary servitude for a woman to carry a baby that they didn't want. What this brief, what this uh, amicus brief says is quote, in fact it is the mother who treats her aborted fetus as property. And thus as a slave in violation of the 13th amendment, abortion carries with it all indica of slavery prohibited by that amendment. It's an interesting argument. If the, if the, 13th Amendment prohibits people from holding other human beings as property, and an unborn baby is a human being. It's a homo sapien. It doesn't change species between conception and delivery, right? It's still a homo sapien human being. The argument, it's an interesting argument, whether or not the Supreme Court would take it or not probably won't be the basis of their case.
0: I think that's that's probably the strongest argument right there.
1: It it is. I mean, mean, if if there's a law in this country that says you can't hold humans as property— how do we have abortion laws that allow them to discard humans as if they're property? Seems pretty, seems pretty cut and dry. The other big issue that they're that they're working, on, obviously, this is dealing with fetal personhood, that a human being, this I want to read a quote here from the Foundation to Abolish Abortion. Um, they say a pre-born human being. I love this term. They say unborn. Unborn is what we usually use, but pre-born means that it's. I, I like the the language of using preborn better. I have to start using that more myself. The quote is, quote, a preborn human being, no matter how small, is a person under the 14th Amendment. So the 14th Amendment says that all American persons have rights, right? And you cannot deprive those American persons of their rights without due process of law. So they're actually going after the 14th Amendment is what was used to ultimately decide roe versus wade this briefing is saying that no actually when you consider the the unborn baby the preborn baby to be a human being the 14th amendment requires that you protect them because no state could possibly pass a law that would violate the rights of any human being any any person just because the baby has not entered the world does not mean it's not a human being we take down my screen mr producer and one of the last things I want to mention, is, it comes from the Christian Medical and Dental Association. So many good organizations I didn't even know about. They, they submitted a brief that was really interesting talking about medical ethics. That's something that we don't think about a ton. But when you become a doctor, or I guess in this case a dentist, you're forced to, to take the Hippocratic Oath. Which it's, it's, a, long, it's a long oath. It, it makes you promise a lot of things, right? But among all the things you have to promise is that you will, at, at the very least, do no harm. That, that whenever you go and you treat a patient, you will not deliberately do harm. And that, yeah, sure, you might make a mistake. You might hurt someone, right? But if you will not intentionally do harm and you will not do something that you realize will have a high likelihood of doing harm. That's why a lot of times surgeons will turn down cases that, uh, of people with terminal cancer and say, hey, listen, you won't survive the surgery. I'm not going to be the one who kills you. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to do that. Abortion. ...completely destroys the, that very concept of medical ethics. How, how can you have a licensed, insured, bonded medical doctor, which abortionists are, killing pre-born human beings and claim that they still are abiding by their oath to, at the very least, do no harm? This is, an, a, this is a procedure, a quote-unquote medical procedure, that at its foundation is harm. It is murder. So... That, that's an interesting argument and, and you basically go to Mississippi. Mississippi has the right to set its own medical ethics standards of how physicians who are operating within the borders of Mississippi are allowed to operate. And if Mississippi determines that killing a pre-born child is a violation of that ethical oath, Mississippi should have the right to hold their doctors to account. I agree. And again, a very interesting argument.
0: And the easiest so way to get rid of, easiest way by the way, to get rid of liberal liberals, the, the radical left, and to send them back to California is to make it so that they can't actually abort their kids. See you. Bye. They'll stop infecting the rest of the nation and go back and hang out together in their misery. <laughs> Am I wrong, Mr. Producer? Am I wrong? Easiest way to get rid of them. Yeah, you take away their... Uh- Take away their games, and suddenly they don't like to play. Yeah, I mean, I, a lot look, of them would go back. Look, some of the safest states in this country have have very clear Second Amendment right um, protections. Very clear. Some of the safest. I don't know if you see Max yeah. what's happening in California, but in Los Angeles, literally, it's a free for all. It's a free for all, and the only people that have guns are criminals, and they're getting away with it. The the the. Yeah. The ability to solve a case in California today, (laughs) to solve a case, a criminal case in California today, less than a half a percent of the cases are solved. (laughs) A half a percent. That means 99.5% of the cases are not solved. So I just think we just, we ban abortion in all the Republican uh, states. We ban it completely. And then guess what will happen? All of those pieces of trash will leave. And go hang back in California. I don't know. It's a good idea. I, I was trying to solve it without any problems, right? Just leave it to the state legislators. What you know, what is not, you know, what is not decided on the federal level could be decided at a state level, right? They decide it, say, no abortion here, and all of these guys will lose their mind. You say, Well, look, California is wide open. Their taxes are really, really low too. Go there. Gas prices are low. I mean, everything's awesome there. You should go back. Sunshines. Yeah. disagree with me what i mean come on no
1: no i mean just no, in la can, they've had i think 650 700 people shot yeah so far this year
0: yeah yeah There was a woman with her baby that was literally robbed while she was on a walk this morning in a in a in sunset village
1: <laughs> I, I, I was watching i was watching something on tiktok it was a business that had been broken into four times in one single weekend yeah they kept putting up new new glass doors, and four times over the course of this past long weekend, people broke in.
0: Hey, do you know where they don't if, – if you go to L.A., by the way, do you know where they don't break into things? You know, you know what places they don't break into? They don't break into the communities that are run by, like, the Vietnamese communities that get together. They don't break into the Russian places either. They don't mess with the Russian. I'm telling you. You, rest, you you break into the Russians, g- God help you. You know that half a percent that is solved? They solve 100% of them. And then you don't even know about the bodies because they got big barrels out back with lime in it. <laughs> and they just drop the body in the lime. You guys think I'm kidding. Hydrochloric acid. I, look, they, they don't mess with the Russians. It's a, it was a known fact. It was a known fact. It's still a known fact that if you have a, a Russian community and you go into those businesses and you break in, man, you, you just, it's like signing your own ticket. Out of this world, right? Yep. So, if that's the case, if if the radical left only knows consequences like that, then why not just kick them in the teeth? Why not just ban abortion across the, uh, this, the Republican states and say, look, we're we're done with the nonsense? And people say, oh, that's not fair. Say, hey, go to California. I heard they're you know I heard they're recruiting people for abortions. Just go there. It creates a it, it creates a simple solution. We keep trying these complicated solutions. And I know you say, Max, hey, just pound it three yards at a time. Get a, get a first down every four downs until you don't. And you turn the ball over. And then they throw a, a Hail Mary the other direction and they win the game. right? So we got to be really careful how we look at how we play this, this, uh, play this out when we're playing chess. And I think that we have to do everything to just make – we're not doing enough to destabilize what they're doing. And we have ineffectual leadership in every level that are not willing to stand up. And I'm gonna keep pounding on, I'll bring up election integrity because they're a bunch of liars. They're a bunch of li they lie about everything. They're lying about abortion. They're they're telling you that it's good for your own good, that you're aborting your baby, right? They're, They're lying about everything, but they don't even have the, they don't even have the the, the courage to stand up when the evidence is so clear that they stole the election in 2020, not just the presidential election, but elections across the entire nation. So, I mean, I got to tell you, I think the easiest way to do this is for us to step out and just say, listen, you can't have an abortion in our state. I mean, that's in essence what they're trying to do in, Cal- in uh, Texas and people are leaving yeah. in droves. People that are in, in, they're trying to create these safe havens for abortion in uh, Austin. I don't know if you heard about this. You hear about this? Safe havens for abortions for uh,
1: for drugs for drugs no 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 for oh, abortion for drugs and abortion oh for abortions yeah. too.
0: so what they're doing is setting up office office where it's a it's a you know safe zone where you can get an abortion and somehow they're not a part of Texas <laughs> or they won't disclose your information or it's it's crazy it's like the under they're creating this underground and so you know the, there's uh, legislators in that area that says we'll just throw you in jail we'll actually convict you of murder and throw you in jail. So, I mean, that's what we have to do. We have to start standing up more broadly and more punching them in the mouth. There's a reason why people don't go into a Russian neighborhood and do anything, because the Russians will literally bury you. Sorry, that's what they'll do. And so nobody messes with the Russians. Even the gangs are like, yep, we will mess with everyone out here. We're not messing with the Russians.
1: (laughs) So an interesting moment just happened. In the Supreme Court, Amy Coney Barrett was up and she was talking about bodily autonomy and she made a offhand quip and said, quote, there is an infringement upon bodily autonomy like we have in other contexts like vaccines. And the left is freaking out because we have from the bench a Supreme Court justice saying basically calling them out on their BS that how do you claim my body, my choice and simultaneously want to force a vaccine on people doesn't seem to work out. So the left is freaking out over her. We have Clarence Thomas openly asking the, the left, show him where in the Constitution it says you have the right to an abortion. It, it, listen, he is excited about this. This is his he opportunity. Is, he's the, he's the most amazing person on forever. the Supreme
0: Court. He's the most amazing and, person on the Supreme Court. The most amazing And they're
1: already, they're already claiming it's racist if he, if he uh, shoots down abortion because it'll hurt black <laughs> and brown people. <laughs> Not realizing that he is himself black.
0: No, they don't. They don't know that. I mean, just like Kyle Rittenhouse is a racist white supremacist,
1: yeah. right? For killing white people, yeah, who are killing, trying to kill him. Now, so we're we're gonna keep covering this, but I'm, I'm under no, I'm under no delusion that we're gonna get a slam dunk, hail mary kind of win. I told here. you they're gonna split but, the sheets. They're gonna go back in the can, back
0: and discuss the politics of things before they come out. Even even though their personal. Belief system and the and frankly what it says in the Constitution because the Supreme Court is supposed to uphold the Constitution yeah that's that's if their we can job take out
1: those two things if we can take out those two things viability yeah from from Roe weight Wade and we can take out the undue burden standard from Planned Parenthood v Casey if we can get rid of those two ridiculous notions we have a chance to win this fight. Yeah. Even if they don't give it to us all now, this is a generational fight. We have to start treating it like a generational fight. Literally, we're we're tr- we're fighting for generations yet to be born. We're fighting for their right to be born. So we have to treat this like a generational fight because the left certainly is. So we're gonna keep covering this. I'm a. I have to go run to the doctor because I broke my foot yesterday and it is now all turned black. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that's okay. Um, but we're gonna keep following this, keep watching this, and be back. With Ma- Max broke yeah, his necessary. foot playing Xbox. Step too hard. Yeah, uh, listen, listen. <laughs> someone someone who I gets impaled by games, picture so frame, a picture frame. Someone who gets impaled by a picture frame shouldn't make fun of other people's <laughs> I got a,
0: I got impaled by an arrow, not a picture frame. I mean <laughs> on, a, so this, on a frame. Okay, fake news. It was, an arrow on a frame. Hey, it, it was still an arrow. It was it's not a frame. picture frame. It's not like a picture frame jumped out and impaled me. No, it was an arrow that impaled me. Yeah. On a picture <laughs> <laughs> See, look, you, you sound like CNN. The SUV did
1: frame. (laughs) It it, it wasn't it wasn't Katniss Everdeen. Hey, listen, picture frame. I
0: I just want I just want (laughs) you to know. Yeah. Oh, uh, Zach just said Orwell called. Okay, perfect. Thanks, Zach. So that's going to be it for this edition
1: of the podcast. If you like the podcast, make sure you subscribe to the audio version. All those links are in the description. Very important that you do. I say it every day, but it's very important that you do. Help us prove those numbers. Set it up to auto-download so we can prove the numbers to our advertisers because they don't particularly care about live video downloads. So you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, and Audible. If you can, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Set it up to auto-download and give us a five-star review. It has to be five-star review so that we can get up in those rankings. If you need a little reminder about when we go to air... Text the word freedom F R E E D O M to eight nine five one seven. This is especially important if you were relying on Facebook. You're not going to get those Facebook notifications that we're live anymore because we are not going live on Facebook. It's not worth, not worth it. They're censoring us. They're censoring people in the comment section. So um, make sure you sign up for this text alert. It'll give you the links on where you can watch and what and and what we're talking about. So make sure you check that hey, out. We go live at eleven a.m. Eastern, seven p.m. Eastern. Just What's so up? you
0: guys, just so you guys know, uh, we have a problem on Rumble. Someone told us on Rumble that the videos that we uploaded are only the first 2 minutes.
1: No, th- no that's cuz we're uploading we're uploading clips. So they have oh. to scroll down. We're uploading clips. So when we upload yeah, they're, clips, they're short it videos. the full episodes. Okay, guys, yeah. just to
0: answer you on on Rumble cuz I wasn't aware of this either. So, sorry, so sorry. Um you have to get past those. Maybe we could put them in a different place, a different bucket on Rumble. I don't think they
1: have that ability. We're going we're going to figure it out. But um yeah, if you yeah. see a 2-minute clip, maybe we should title them clip or something like that just so they're a little different. Um, we're adding clips now. They're shareable clips because that way you can share important parts of the podcast without having to share the entire hour. Uh, so that's gonna be it for this edition. Comment? All right, go ahead. That's gonna. I didn't. That's gonna be it for this edition of the podcast. I, I gotta get out because my foot is really, really hurts. That's oh. gonna be it for this edition of the podcast. My name is Max McGuire. We what got, got picture picture frame victim Joe Altman. <laughs> <laughs> <Asshole>. <laughs>
0: that, you don't have to bleep that. That's a good one.
1: Yeah, uh, we're going to get you a plaque.
0: All right. Thanks remember, people. Remember everyone, the
1: fight take back our country is not over, but make sure that you remember the only way to win is if we continue to fight together.